Welcome to the Lynn Sanity, a podcast for the Running Hook Podcast Network. of the Lynn Sandy Podcast, a part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. And before we get into the podcast and all that it has to offer, I uh, just want to give a promotion, a shout out uh, to, you know, in general, what, what, what's being put out. And in general, a shout out to uh, the listeners and viewers uh, that are that are looking for our content. Uh, we, we appreciate the ratings. Uh, please don't be afraid to, to keep those up. Uh, the more feedback we get, the better we can make our product and the better we can make our podcasts and, and all that stuff. So please don't be afraid to do that. Plus, you know, we have plenty of incredible content right now uh, with the Linsanity, uh, with Circle City Cinema discussing, you know, the, the OB and, and all of the stuff that's going on uh, in the TV and uh, movie yeah. realm uh, to, yeah. to Alex and, and JD, who has been like, you know, the, the dynamic duo lately uh, with the NBA. There's There's been so much good stuff that's coming out. I feel like our content is, is really, really killing. Uh, so if you're not listening, I uh, just don't know what you're doing. Uh, so please do not be afraid to, to check all those pods out. And, and this leads me to be very excited for this pod, Bryce. We wanted this pod to be, you know, a draft pod to break some stuff down. We also have stuff for the finals, but we also have a guest on with us today, uh, the founder of the Running Hook Podcast Network, Alex Burr. Alex, I'm excited to bring you on to talk about the draft, uh, to talk about, you know, just, just some quick things with the finals and some of these moves that are already happening here in the offseason. I can't believe you'd have this Alex Burr on. He's a scrub. I mean, <laughs> so, like a real Gogo Batadze, you know. Hey, oh, hey, hey. We don't tolerate Gogo Batadze hate on this podcast. We do not tolerate. No, I Bryce, when Caleb wins me over, you know it's a bad sign. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I, I don't put much stock into Caleb Lynn's opinion either. <laughs> this is off to a rollicking start. Oh, uh, thank oh, you so, it, thank you both so much for having me. Um, <laughs> I can't wait for 50 minutes of asking Bryce where specifically Steph Curry is on his top 10 list. Oh, <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. Let me let me just let me be very clear on this. OK, myself and Zach Griffith, while we were at work, we decided to jot down our top 10 players of all time. And let me tell you, folks, there was some hard thinking into this. OK, uh, sure. Of course, sure. I want to hear the list. I want to. Yeah, what? Where do you have? Where do you, I actually don't you have curry. my? We know you love curry. You he he slipped right in at ten. That's fair. wow. That's he fair. slipped right in at ten. He Over right in at ten. Very tough omits. I believe. I believe uh, my colleague uh, Zach Griffith also had him in the top ten. Okay. okay. I be, oh. I believe that is correct. I think he had him slipping in at ten or nine, somewhere in there. Definitely well, bottom half. Okay. But okay. Nonetheless, nonetheless, I will be insufferable this pod. I am going to be absolutely inssufferable. Uh, ju- my word. Well, what, did team, what, did Bryce, what did I tell you? What did I tell you? What did I tell you? They are your team. No, they no, no. You guys, team. you guys like to constantly hate. You guys like to constantly hate on the Warriors. You, you, you don't want to see them win. Yes, yes. You absolutely what? hate on the Warriors. Yes, you, you all, all the time. I don't want to see the Warriors win another title. I don't want them what? in the finals. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> this is an oh, absolute me, joke that you're oh, denying this right now. No, I'm not. Alex, what are your thoughts on the Warriors getting this championship? And, you know, with this new look team, you know, obviously 
last time they won a championship shoot, you know, they had Kevin Durant and all, you know, this, this huge combination of stars, but to be able to do it in this way, what do you think it says about the Warriors and, and just what they did this season? This was probably like, if you take out their two, like the two Kevin Durant teams, I would say this is the most dominant championship run since the 2014 Spurs. And they didn't even have a Mavs to contend with. They crushed the Western Conference, right? They crushed three consensus. I mean, Ja might not be a consensus top 10 player. And Ja was hurt. The only asterisk I would give. The uh, no, 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 no. Asterisk in air quotes, though. Like, that's the only the only challenge. They didn't really have a full chance to vanquish. And even then, they were up 2-1 in that series. So I'm not, like, holding that against them the way that Warriors haters would, right? Sure. So they crushed three top 10 players in the Western conference. Like they, if you want to be literal about it, Ja, Luca and Jokic only took one game off of the Warriors each round. And, and that was then, at home. And exactly. <laughs> it was both times in the, um, the Grizzlies took game two at home, which is great. And then I think game five would have been in Memphis too. And then, yeah, Jokic and Luca both would have taken game four. <laughs> And the Warriors, I don't think, cared in either of those game fours. I think they were fine getting the gate revenue. And in the, but the second half of this series, after Steph Curry's 43, when they didn't lose game five, it was over. Like, I think we all, I was going for the Celtics, right? I wanted to be right. I wanted to be like, oh, the team that won Bucks, Celtics will win the finals, right? For my own ego's sake, I wanted to be right. I'll, I'll admit that. But the Warriors just proved that there are an incredibly dominant team and dominant defensively, dominant offensively. And when you can dominate both sides of the ball, you're a more than a worthy champion. And I think they were the best team this season and the playoff showed that. Oh, this is music to my ears. This is music to my ears. Stephen Curry finally gets his MV, his finals MVP for whatever reason needed it to solidify his legacy. Well, guess what, folks? He solidified the legacy and he's got as many titles as LeBron James. So all you LeBron James stands. Billy Buckets. Yeah, where you at? Where you at? Because I'd like to hear you defend this. Okay. This all around just a great run by the by the Warriors. I think they were they ended up what eleven and one at home. Is is that correct? Eleven and one. That sounds uh, right. So I mean, and, and like like you said, Alex. I mean, incredible incredible run there by the Warriors. Um, and everyone played their role. Everyone played their role to perfection in typical Golden State Warriors uh, fashion, right? Uh, everyone gets paid. Everybody plays their role. We win championships. It's a pretty simple formula. Everyone's healthy too. That also plays a massive factor. Um, I don't want to hear the, well, the past two years, they've kind of sucked. Well, okay. They really weren't healthy and they didn't have all the pieces in place. Uh, and this team, they didn't even do it with their young guys, Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody. And we're wise men or wise men for that fact. Uh, so, I mean, even if they do let a guy like, like Jordan Poole walk this summer, um, which, you know, unless they're really wanting to dip deep into the, the salary cap or the, the, t um, the luxury tax, um, he could potentially walk. So, but that leaves opportunities for, for guys that they can draft real quick though. Oh. I'll give, no, no, no I'm, I'm giving props to, to the Celtics here. Okay. Okay. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have done something unprecedented at their at their young age in this league. They will continue to get better. I do think there needs to be roster upgrades in Boston 
for sure. I understand it's Brad Stevens' first year in the league. Um, did the Derek White trade really pan out in the end? You can make an argument for yes. You can make an argument for no because he was nowhere to be found in this NBA Finals. And they got no production from their bench whatsoever in the finals. Absolutely nothing. Grant Williams is definitely a Draymond Green wannabe, good player, but but settle down. Let's not make him out to be something that he's not yet. Peyton Pritchard, do you really want him playing 17 minutes in the finals? I don't know. I don't know. So there definitely be upgrades, but shout out Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown for, for shouldering the burden for this team. Yeah, um, I, thought, I thought, you know, just where Boston was earlier in the season, you know, to be in this position clearly shows just kind of what that group was and, and, you know, the, the way that those guys just kind of defeated all those rumors. I think that they deserve a lot of credit for that. And like you said, uh, the Warriors, um, I'm not going to shower them with more credit. They give more credit than any team in the league. Uh, I just, I think that when it comes to, when it comes to, when it comes to this victory, you know, this is what you get with, you know, look, Curry, Curry was amazing. He was by far the best player in the series. It wasn't close. And he flexed on that. Uh, Clay Thompson had a horrible series. I'm not going to act like he did. He was uh, fine. Dre- no, no, my God. Oh he my was God. fine. Oh he was God. fine. His defense oh was gosh. incredible oh my on Jalen Brown. Oh, my gosh. You, you, what, what a joke. What a joke. You're talking okay. about a guy. What okay. a joke. Draymond okay. Green was horrible. Do we agree on that or not? Am I wrong was- on that or not? Game six, he showed. He did up. enough. He did enough. Right. In oh. game five and six, he did enough. I don't like. I would agree. Close out game. Saying he's not like Steph did most of the heavy lifting. Stephen Wiggins did most of the heavy yes. lifting so, in that wait, series. Wait, yes. yes, I would. If that's your contention, I would agree with that. Yes, what I'm saying. That's I think they saying. both, like Clay and Draymond, both did their parts. They don't win those finals. I I understand that Draymond got benched in game four, but he also came in and he made a few huge plays at the end of game four. He also made a a lot of big plays in game five. He made a lot of big plays in game six. So I think that Draymond is still very important to them. He's not as good as he used to be, which is I agree. I like if that's your again, if that's your contention, that's fine. I just feel like they deserve a lot. Like the whole this is a team effort in spite of Curry playing absolutely out of his mind, in my opinion. Hmm. And also Tatum and Tatum and Brown were awful. <laughs> they, 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 I, I think Steve Kerr deserves the credit. Like that to well, me, that's who deserves it. Like I just believe like what he did this season was amazing. Like that was a, the proof in the pudding of him being a great champion, a great championship coach. Do you guys want to know what Jason Tatum shot on twos this series? Oh gosh. Probably I did some quick, I did some quick math while you guys were talking. Okay. Uh-huh. He made 20 of 44 threes. That's really good. That's 45% of his threes. He was 44 of 120 for the series, meaning that he shot 26.3% from two. He was dreadful in the paint. He was, you have to give him credit for trying to make something happen. Right. But that's, that's absolutely dreadful basketball. You can't win if your best player can't hit twos. What was the difference in this series? The Warriors' best player hit twos. Steph and Curry threes. got in the paint. Yeah, absolutely got in the paint. So, I mean, listen, I, I give the Celtics credit, right? They won a lot of hard series. They won two very hard series. And I think gas had a lot to do with why they petered out. But I also think the Warriors, deserve, like Wiggins in particular, mm-hmm. deserves a lot of credit. And I they agree. they deserve credit. When I was talking about the dominance thing, they took care of business in the first round. They took care of business in yeah. the second round, third round. 
And when they got to the finals, they had gas left in their tank. And you shouldn't take the take that away, take away from their championship sure. just because the Celtics were tired and they made it hard on themselves. They should have won. They should have beat Milwaukee in six games. They should have beat Miami in six games. They did this to themselves. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> so no, it's fair. I have no sympathy for the Celtics. Like, I'm sorry, do your job. You're supposed to win this series. You were a great team. And I'm not saying like blow it up because they lost, but they deserve to be held to account for losing, in my opinion. Fair. Fair. I will see what the offseason holds for them, where they'll where they'll go with it. Like, you know, just saying, one more time. Go ahead. Go ahead. One more time for the road. 26% from two. That is so hard. And it, that yeah. Is, <laughs> with that good of a player, with that great of a player, it's it's extremely hard. I mean, I think if hopefully, he, you know, for him that he's going to get some consistency, some rest and, you know, back to year two or, you know, year two of this, you know, if he can do like and have a, you know, an all NBA season where he can get that first, second team. I mean, that, no, that'll help, but we'll see. I mean, that was a great Tatum year. Next up. Uh, we'll get into Bryce, what, you know, we and I, you know, what he and I really wanted to get into tonight, which was just breaking down this draft board, looking at where teams could go, looking at how and where we feel like certain prospects fit better than others. Um, let's, let's just jump right in. Uh, you know, the, the order, you know, for the first like five picks, we'll start with those. We have Orlando, we have Oklahoma city, Houston, Sacramento, Detroit, um, Bryce, with the number one pick, the Magic have it. Uh, they're hoping to go to Magic Kingdom uh, to make sure that they get the exact wish that they're looking for, which is a true and true star at number one pick. Everyone wants a, a star at the number one pick. Bryce, what do you think Orlando will do, and what would you do if you were Orlando? So basically, it's a two-question thing. What do you mm. think they're going to do, and mm. what would you do? Mm. I mean, uh, I think they're going to go with Jabari Smith uh, out of Auburn. Um, I think he's got all the intangibles, uh, really athletic, can shoot, um, not just shoot, but create his own shot, pull up from three. I mean, we saw it at Auburn. Um, yeah, a decent defender as well, can can block shots for sure. Uh, so I, I really don't have any complaints with them going uh, with Jabari Smith. I'm of the opinion that Paolo Bancaro is the best player in this draft. Therefore, I think he should go number one. I am on that Paolo Bancaro train all day long, all day long. Um, As far as the fit goes there, I think he would fit fine. I think, you know, playing the four is probably where he would be. You know, if you're banking on Jonathan Isaac coming back and, and him staying healthy, I think you probably have him at the three, Bancaro at the four. Um, But I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be Jabari Smith. He'll play the four. Um, and I'm fine with it. I'm totally fine with it. I understand why, but can we please, 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 please stop rewarding, uh, crap franchises with number one and number two picks. This is freaking ridiculous. Orlando again, your pick, dude, I swear you guys live in the, in the top five since I've been born. (laughs) Oklahoma city, the same crap since Kevin, since Russell Westbrook left. You guys have been living there. You keep trading for the same first round picks. You don't even develop your guys. Houston, <laughs> Houston, Maury left that that franchise in shambles. And I'll tell you what, he's about to leave Philly in shambles if he oh, finds no. PJ Tucker. I'm just saying. Uh, there's a reason why nobody wants the Tobias Harris contract. He or Sacramento, another doormat franchise, longest 
longest uh, uh, no playoff streak in sports franchise, you know, everywhere. Detroit, yeah, dude, you just got Kate Cunningham. You still suck that bad. <laughs> I mean, did you have you seen Killian Hayes, Bryce? This is such a yeah, which was drafted in what the top ten, I believe. So another top ten pick. He was the seventh pick. Like such really, a choke, man. When are we going to stop rewarding these pieces of crap franchises? Well, and well, and, and, and Alex, the thing that the thing that you know I think is interesting with Orlando at number one, right, is there are some building blocks there. It seems they they really you know value Wagner, uh, who I clearly was wrong on from last season. Oh, clearly, Suggs. Suggs was a Suggs was a nice piece. Which obviously, Alex, you know, you've been you know real impressed with him when you got to see him in person. You think he's a real deal. Um, if you had, if you were in that Magic front office and you were making this decision, what what are you looking for out of this pick? What would where would your mind go? And and. You know, with the leads on Jabari, I mean, is that the decision that you would go with? I mean, just what would take us through what you would do if you were the Magic? I'd not pick Jabari. I'd go Chet or Paolo. I would not go Jabari for them. Mm-hmm. Like Jabari to me. So, okay. This is what this draft strikes me as, right? Mm-hmm. All three of these guys are probably going to end up playing center, right? Like they're mm-hmm. all huge. Um, mm-hmm. Paolo in particular is what? 6'10", 250. They each, they each present defensive issues, though, if you look into it. Mm. Like, Jabari, I think, has the highest, like, defensive floor if he were to play center, right? Mm. Because he's got a solid frame. He's got, you know, he seems like a smart player. He's a, you know, son of a former player. He has those intrinsic advantages, right? Mm-hmm. Paolo seems really slow laterally, right? And that's probably that's going to be an even bigger issue at power forward where he'll come in at play in the NBA and including center, which we've seen over and over again, how do you win in the playoffs hmm. having a fleet of foot center or Brooke Lopez, right? Um, that's just a joke. But Chet to me, <laughs> Chet is very clearly a center and he cannot play center right now. Thankfully hmm. though, for Orlando, at least this is why I think Chet fits better in Orlando than OKC or um, Houston is that you have Wendell Carter Jr. Right. Wendell Carter Jr. Can defend the fives while Chet, honestly, like I envision what Chet will do his first couple of years. And as like what miles Turner did last year, right? Mm-hmm. Just guard the weak side. You're not going to bang with any centers down low because that's just not going to be what your body type can handle. Yeah. And you're going to be in for all intents and purposes, a power forward on offense and a set, like a backline center on defense. And so I personally would go Chet one for them, Paolo two, Jabari three. And Paolo is all because, like I like Bryce said, I think he probably is the best player in this draft. <laughs> like, what he can do at 6'10 is special. <laughs> like, we yeah. we underrate that so much, what he can do as a ball handler and what he can do as a scorer. Like, he's basically, if you gave Carmelo Anthony two inches and oh. you put, like, 50 pounds on him. And that's how... Rare is that skill set. So yeah. I understand why they wanted, why they take Jabari. To me, that's like bunting. You know, it's like a sacrifice bunt, right? Mm-hmm. Sacrifice bunt moves along the bases. Mm-hmm. If you go for Chatter Paolo, though, you're swinging for the fences. And I think Orlando's not in a position where they can afford. I agree. With <laughs> take that. the sacrifice. They have to swing yep. for the fences. I agree. I really think Orlando 
needs to go. I'm I'm of the belief that Orlando needs to go for Holmgren. Uh, I think they need his skill set. Oh. I think I, I'm not saying I agree with you, Bryce. I think that Paulo is probably my number one guy on my draft board, but I'm just saying for Orlando specific needs, I just think the fit there is fantastic. Uh, I think anytime you can get a player like Holmgren with a guy that he's played with before and Suggs, who I think Orlando would say is from a long-term vision standpoint are two guys that they really want to move forward with. Uh, I think you have to do it. You have to take advantage of that. Uh, I just, I think the fit naturally with Holmgren would make this team really, really, really dangerous. And, and, I, and I really think their roster construction isn't, isn't horrible. And I just think it's in desperate need of a five. And once Holmgren can get to that point in this game, uh, I, I think that's scary for them. Uh, next up, uh, Bryce, you hate talking about him, but guess what? We're talking about him. Uh, the Oklahoma Typical. City Thunder, uh, who just basically, uh, in Bryce's mind, just sit there and waste draft picks uh, uh, for free. Uh, and as a Pacer fan, he's used to them uh, wasting draft picks on TJ Leaf. So, Bryce, what are what are your thoughts on <laughs> what are your thoughts on the uh, on the Thunder at the uh, at the two slot? Uh, apparently, it's rumored that Chet Holmgren is refusing to give any medical. Uh, records to anyone except the Thunder. So I think it's clear where Holmgren wants to go. But if you're the Thunder, uh, is that the guy you're going with the two? Is he the one that makes the most sense? I think it would probably make sense. And Woj just said that Chet Holmgren has been the focus for the Thunder throughout the whole entire draft process. But... We're talking about Sam Presti here. Sam Presti is a guy that likes to mix it up and surprise people, oh. like like the Josh Giddy pick, right, from last season. I am under the impression that they really do like Jaden Ivey. Huh. I could potentially see a Jaden Ivey pick at number two. I'm not saying it's happy. I'm not going to lock that in. I'm just saying – I wouldn't be shocked if a Jaden Ivey guy, Jaden Ivey went number two to them. Huh. Here's, um, here's the question though, Bryce, wouldn't it make more sense for them to let the Kings trade up to two, take a guy and then, you know, Ivy will be there at four. Plus you'll get whatever you're getting in the future from Sacramento. Sacramento's dumb. They don't think that way, <laughs> but I'm saying like you could say, Oh, you want Chet. You want Paolo. You can have the second pick we want the fourth pick because we're enamored with ivy i don't think that's a bad take by you by the way i think ivy next to sga could be really really intriguing really really good but if sga stays healthy that's true too yeah. is he has he not been healthy or have the thunder just been taking i think it's a fair question yeah, yeah uh, a it's fair a fair question. question that's a fair question chet makes sense I, I mean i could see cheddar Paolo there but again like i again i wouldn't be shocked if it's ivy there i think uh, and I would hate to see that because they're such a poverty franchise. They have no direction whatsoever. And it's just a joke. You might as well just trade them and just get it over with. Bryce, or, well, and like what Bryce was saying with the curveball, I, I think he's always up for that, Alex. But when you're looking at the Thunder and you're thinking about, I'm just thinking off their, their core guys, right? You know, the, for me, the three players that come to mind for them are Shea Gillis, Alexander, uh, Giddy. And Dort, those are the three that that come to my mind when I think of the Thunder. And all those guys are, for the most part, you know, guards and things of that nature. So, if you're the Thunder, would it? Would you? Like, are you thinking to yourself, man? We've got this strong group of guards. We've got to go inside, or would or 
you know, are they a team that potentially could suck next season, suck so bad that they decide to just take and, and, and hope that they get Webanyama? I mean, I mean, how would you approach this this for them? Because while I think Holmgren wow, is we're already looking forward to next year. Reasonable for number two, but I mean, what do you what do you think? I mean, honestly, I, I think the Thunder, if I was a Thunder, I, I I would probably go to the front court, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Well, I want Bancaro for them. But Bancaro sounds like a hardcore Supersonics fan. And what I mean by that is he sounds like it'll be there'll be hell to pay if the Thunder draft him. Hmm. So I want Bancaro makes so much sense for their team, right? They yeah. need front court scoring. They were a very competent defensive team. Shockingly, they had the 13th best defense. Like, I won't say 13th. Like on March 1st, they had the 15th best defense in the league. Wow. It slipped as they, wow. you know pull the tank job of every proportions at the end of the season, but their defense was competent mm-hmm. and you, they needed more offense. I actually think if they would draft Palo, they could contend for the play in next year. Now, wow. I don't think they will because I don't think Chet's going to be that guy that can take them over the top like that. Mm. I don't think Chet can come in his rookie year and average, you know, 20 points a game and lead them in the ways that they need to. Like we saw Chet take a major backseat at Gonzaga to what Nemhard and Timmy. And that's fine. You know, it shows you have the lack of an ego, but <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Is Nemhard even going to be drafted? Like Timmy went back to college. Mm-hmm. Like at a certain point, you need to assert your will and assert your dominance. And a lot of what Chet did was on the defensive end. Sure. But you can't win games if you don't score points. So I personally would take Paolo, but it sounds like, again, it just sounds like he doesn't want to go there. So yeah, I think Chet is probably their best bet. And then, you know, try to see if you can't get that scoot kid. Cause I don't think you would have Chet and Wemby on the same team. That would be like way too much length and no, <laughs> no bone density. Yeah. You, yeah. You'd have two guys who are pogo sticks on the same team. So it's probably not the best idea, but it sounds by all accounts like Bryce, you said they're look we're looking forward to next year's draft. It sounds like next year's draft is way better than this year's draft. Like just full stop. It's I, I don't I don't necessarily agree with that though, because I not that I'm I'm wrong, but I can make an argument for uh, there's a lot of talent in this draft. Oh, I agree. I agree. There is the a ton three. of talent in this draft. <laughs> I agree, but like if Shaden so it sounded like Shaden Sharp wanted to stay at Kentucky. Right. If I don't care this, about, I don't care what that dude says. Well, here's the thing. I think he wanted to stay at Kentucky, but if he was in next year's class, he probably would have stayed at Kentucky because next year's class, he wouldn't have been drafted. He's probably going to get drafted top 10. And I think next year there's a chance he might not, based on the way everyone's describing it, he might not have gone top 10. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to keep that in mind. And yeah, I think the eight, Ivy's really talented, but I think this draft, honestly, best based on what I've been seeing, is a lot of role players and a couple of guys that are intriguing, right? Like Daniels, it seems really intriguing out of the G League. Um, Zhang seems really intriguing out of huh. what he is in New, New Zealand, Zealand, right? Playing yeah. in the NBL. Yeah. So it seems like there's a lot of interesting projects in this draft, combined with a lot of really good role players, right? And you need role players, but I. I think the only, I think there's only, if you want my opinion, I think there's only four guys that are like have for sure star potential right away. I think it's the top three. I think it's Ivy and Sharp. We just don't know. I can't say for sure on him. So I can't include him in that group. 
So at this point, if we're if we think if the reports are suggesting, you know, if everything's like it's supposed to, if Jabari goes and ends up going number one, if Chet ends up going number two, that could lead Bryce, your guy Paolo, to Houston at three. Mm-hmm. That intrigues me so much. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, because I I I am really liking this core. I mean, and you know, Alex knows especially how just I just and, and you do too, Bryce, just how much I think Jalen Green and, and just how talented of a player he is. And if you put in a ready big man like Paolo, mm-hmm. that, that has a chance, I think, to really to honestly kill the West uh, in, in a couple years. So you give them more time, you give them more league experience. Um, I honestly think Houston is in this position where they just simply can't lose. They can't lose. They're going to be fine at three because they're going to be able to get a really nice player who can impact them from day one. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we talked about it last week, right? Uh, you know, they traded away Christian Wood, um, a good young uh, big man. And I think that I think this automatically puts Paolo, uh, Paolo Bancaro as a lock at number three. And yeah, I agree. I think that it can be really exciting uh, with 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 the uh, with the young guards that they have already, Kevin Porter and Jalen Green. It can be a lot of fun. And I, I think they they truly believe in Sagan at center. And yeah, I think that's also yeah. why they, they traded away Christian Wood, which, again, I'm fine with. I'm fine with you just better hope that that Sagan pans out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't I don't think he played like a ton. Uh, I mean, he's still 19. He was a foul magnet. Shangun OK, was, like, so is he just slow? I didn't watch much Rockets, so I ain't he, gonna lie. Shangun is a very interesting player because you could tell the IQs there. But I think the speed is what's missing is because like he just can't get to the spots fast enough. So he you know, what happens when you don't get to the spot fast. Yeah, enough, yeah, right? yeah. So you you foul. You're late. And yep. so that's what happened to him a lot. And Steven Silas like was basically refusing to play him because he just he would not stop fouling. <laughs> oh, I get it. Well, I mean, yeah. And it, it, so, w- w- so you're going to have, you're going to have Porter. You're going to have Jalen green. Jay Sean Tate is, is nice off the bench. Uh, shout out Ohio state. Uh, Kenyon Martin jr. I thought he, he gave him some solid minutes uh, last year too. So, I mean, they, like you said, Caleb, they do have a nice young core. I think Paolo for fits that. perfectly uh, with, with his playmaking. He makes the right pass. He he can score the bucket. No problem. I like it. I think it's a lock at three. No doubt. I mean, Houston better hit Houston better hit man, because you know, like if, if they don't, you know, Moy screwed them over. And if they don't have, the, they don't have the draft capital to get back in position to reload and and if you really hit on that third pick, I mean I'm telling you like you know we talked about Anthony Edwards last year we talked about that jump. I 100% believe Jalen Green is capable of making that kind of jump. I've been on this guy for a while. I think he's really really good, and I think he's got a chance to really showcase it next season if you surround him with the next pick. But Alex, I I want to I want to move move along here and get your thoughts on Sacramento because everybody's like well. Sacramento, Sacramento, what are they going to do? They're going to trade their guy. They're going to, are they going to, you know, they draft him. Are they going to move down? Are they going to move up? Or are they going to, what, like, what are they going to do? Um, because when they traded for Sabonis, I, the indication it felt like to me was that they didn't really want to tank. They wanted to get in the plan, but they, but they significantly failed in that. So if you're the Kings, are you, are you trying to accumulate more draft picks? Are you trying to move up? 
Or are you like, what are you doing? I feel like there's so much going on in the King's mind right now here at four. It's just tough because they're <laughs> the Kings are dumb. Are the Kings. Yes, they are very dumb, Bryce. That is, you are not wrong there. I think you and I both agreed what Caleb and I, you know, we did that um, deadline pod. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I both were like, why are they trading for Sabonis? Mm-hmm. I think Sabonis is a really good basketball player. I don't think he's a guy you can have the, the kind of defensive personnel around him that they have in Sacramento and win mm-hmm. games. You saw what it took in Indiana for them to win games. You needed a whole lot of good defensive personnel. Yeah. And the Kings don't have that. I mean, I don't know why they're not trying to trade up and trying to get Holmgren. Like, huh. I think Holmgren next to Sabonis just makes all the sense in the world. Again, you're like just that. doing you're doing Miles Turner 2.0 in Sacramento, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but at least we saw that had success in Indiana, right? I think the Turner-Sabonis pairing was maligned, and I think Turner didn't really enjoy his time in that situation. But like I was saying earlier... Chet is probably going to have to play power forward until he his body develops. Yeah. So why not have him play next to a bruiser uh-huh. in DeMontis Sabonis? We know Sabonis is really physical down low. We know he's capable yeah. of banging really well down low. I just I think they should either try to trade up or trade down, one or the other. There, I think the two guys that fit Sacramento like a glove in this draft. It's Chet, mm-hmm. it's Keegan Murray, and I would not draft Keegan Murray at four. I absolutely would not draft Keegan Murray at four. So you trade down, trade down for Keegan Murray. Mm -hmm. I just don't think staying at four makes sense for them personally. Also, please, please miss me with the Jaden Ivey rumors. I mean, I just don't understand that. I don't understand the logic logic of the King sitting there in awe of this guy. You're literally going to be in part two of what you were last season. Exactly. So desperate to get rid of. This that is a horrible. Oh, it's horrible. so bad. And not to mention the fact that you literally picked a point guard in the top five of this draft. You 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 do not need to sit there and pick another guard. Please please uh, consider going after some front court options. Do not sit there and and pick a guard and just be uh, once again an incompetent organization. Because De'Aaron Fox was was really good once they made the trade happen. His numbers were starting to look good, so I think that's a sign. I've always been a big fan of him, so I, I think I think the Kings need to really focus in on just trying to fit that together. Uh, I honestly don't think Keegan Murray's bad there. I just think you don't pick him at four. Exactly. Uh, you you trade it. You trade him up. You 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 trade up. You trade. I just don't think they can be content with them before. And if they go out and trade for an actual veteran. Uh, I don't even know if it'll matter. I don't even know if they move up enough in the standings in the West, considering all these moves that are happening. Um, Detroit, you know, I, I know we're going to try to not talk about his team. You know, some of these teams as much Detroit. I feel like literally, you know, for all three of us would agree, you know, I think almost it's, there's such a, they, they can do so much. And I think it's just going to work out because of the roster that they have with Cade and, and their development. So at this point, I don't want to, dip, I don't want to go into that as much, uh, but Bryce, I am, uh, I do want to get your thoughts on six, uh, Indiana, Indiana's at six. Uh, yeah, they're, baby. they're, they're potentially, uh, looking to get a second lottery pick, uh, trade, uh, you know, Brogdon, uh, but you know, they do have six. That's what we know right now on Wednesday at nine o'clock central, uh, Bryce with the number six pick, where, where do you go? I mean, you, you went out and you said in your front office, Pacers front office said, Tyrese Halbert, you're the, you're the key. You're the, you got the keys to the city. You're, you're that dude for us. You're the lead guard for us. 
you you are that guy. But other than that, I, I, I really feel like, and you could tell me if I'm wrong, I really feel like in the terms of how they set the rest of the roster up, I don't really think they know what that's like yet. Because I think they're open to getting rid of Turner. I think they're open to mm-hmm. kind of mixing and matching. So are you looking at taking the best player available or is there a certain position that you're wanting the paces to attack in this draft? No, I mean, you, you have to, you have to look at positional needs. You absolutely have to, right? I, I point guard is not a need. Um, I think Isaiah Jackson is going to be a fine player. He just needs more playing time. We put him at the five. If you want to get rid of, 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 Turner. of uh, Turner, right? I agree. Yeah. So, so that leaves two through four. Uh, to kind of look at, right? You can evaluate your options. We we drafted Chris Dorte last season. Um, he could play the two spot. Um, we still have Buddy Heald, who can absolutely play the two spot if you want to hang on to him. When you look at the three spot, I mean, you you got guys like O'Shea Brissett, Justin Anderson. The big question is TJ Warren. What are we doing with TJ Warren? I don't know. I don't know. Is he going to play? Is he ready to rock and roll? I, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. And then at the four, um, you don't have a ton of options. You know, it could be Isaiah Jackson, Jalen Smith. It uh, could be O'Shea Brissett. Could throw him in there. Justin Anderson, guys like that. So four seems like a big need. But in my opinion, depending on how this shakes out, um, and from what I'm hearing, it could be it could be Benny Mathurin uh, or Matherin, right? Which I know oh, you guys yeah. are huge on. I'm not entirely sold. I'm kind of liking the Dyson Daniels kid. I'm not going to lie. I like him a little bit. Huh. I like, I like that he plays, he plays solid defense. Um, you know, he, he's a decision maker with the ball, uh, but he, he can play off ball too. It, he doesn't need the ball in his hands. He can make it happen. Huh. Um, I've also seen mock drafts that have uh, Jeremy Sohan uh, and AJ Griffin, not at six. Not at six. If we take him at six, we've bungled our pick and we look like the laughing stock of the NBA. It's a, it's as pure as simple as that. Um, it should be Matherin or it should be Daniels. Um, I'm not buying Shaden Sharp. That dude looks disinterested in just about everything going on around him. You might as well just leave him. Just let him be drafted by a big market because that's eventually where he's going to go. He's He's got Diva written all over him, in my opinion. He might be a good player. But I don't want to deal with the headache. I don't want to have another Paul George. No, thank you. No, thank you. So here's so Alex, here's the question I have for you, right? So mm-hmm. everybody's saying that Brogdon is probably going to get moved. Gonzo. So if he gets, if he gets goodbye, moved, you get a top, you say like you were talking about. You New Orleans, Washington, those teams seem to be looking at him. So let's just say for the example, the Pacers get the pick from Washington. They get number 10. And they get number six. I mean, if you're the Pacers, how are you looking to build this thing? Because I really feel like this draft is the opportunity to really, I know it's cheesy to say to really build your foundation and build your process, but that's exactly what this draft is. This draft tells Pacer fans how they want to build their team. And I feel like Bryce, you can tell me if I'm wrong. This is the first time they've told you how they want to build their team in years. I feel like it's yeah. just kind of been a, a stale 
They've been as stale as my crackers. They're just so stale. I mean, <laughs> Alex, what are your what well, are your before what before you before doing? Alex shares this? Yeah, there was ahead. a report that came through less than an hour ago. Yes, um, that is stating rival teams interested say the asking price for Malcolm Brogdon and Miles Turner is believed to be too high right now. So either the Pacers got to cut. I, I don't know that ten or eleven is on the table. I guess it's it still Make could it be. It, it still could be. So I I don't know. I don't know. You got to trade Brogdon. I think you got to trade I agree. I, I about agree. About a draft. I agree. Alex? I mean, listen, I'm probably in, I'm probably the biggest Brogdon supporter left in Indi- the state of Indiana um, at this point. Ouch. That being said, I don't think he's worth the 10th pick. Um, probably fair. I think you get him for like, the 15th pick, right? But why would Charlotte want to send the 15th pick? Why Why do they need Malcolm Brogdon? They don't need Malcolm Brogdon. They need Miles Turner, right? Huh. I think that being said, if Washington convinces themselves that this is their team, right? This is the chance we have to make the playoffs. And it's such a stupid idea because the Cavs are going to be better next year. There's yeah, so many teams that, that are going to be better than them next year. They were 11th and the Pistons could be better than them. I, huh. <laughs> there are just, the Wizards are dumb, right? I think we can't. The Kings are dumb, but the Wizards are just as dumb. They, they drafted, are, really are. They literally drafted the same player two years in a row. <laughs> Rui Hachimura and Danny Avdia. Literally the so same bad. player Bungle. two years I, I in a row. Avdia. They drafted Corey Kispert. <laughs> like, and Corey, I, Caleb, you know this. I'm very I'm, complimentary of what Kispert did yeah, yeah, in his rookie yeah. year. But yeah. I don't think that was the destination for him. I think he no. needed to go about to a team that... I honestly, Kispert in Miami would have been really good. I think he might be better than Duncan Robinson already, which is saying something. Add that, contract. This is this isn't a Kispert conversation though. The Wizards are dumb as hell. This is just something we can't ever forget. So there's a chance they send ten to Indiana, right? I think that's not unrealistic. Yeah. And if the Pacers get the tenth pick, <laughs> I so hand baby. It's so hand at ten makes a lot more sense. But I think you guys would agree with this. There's guys every year that draft Twitter falls in love with, like Kevin O'Connor, Sam Vecini. Like, there's a couple like players like that every year that these guys fall in love with that mm-hmm. don't end up being that guy. Jeremy Sohan can't shoot at all, <laughs> at all. We I saw agree. this finals. What was the key? Like, and that's the I whole agree. that's the whole selling point with Sohan. Like, oh, he's this switchable, versatile defender. Right, he's gonna be able to stay on the floor in a playoff game. Not if he can't shoot. You can I teach think- shooting. You can teach oh, shooting, I, but it's hard. It's hard to get there. It's hard. Like Kawhi had workable mechanics, right? Well, Kawhi made a good percentage of his free throws in college. Sohan was what? A 65% free throw shooter? Like at the end of the day, a guy just has touch or he doesn't. And I think Sohan just might ha- not have touch. And I, I would be glad to be proven wrong, right? Because sure. the tools, like what he's good at is what you want your players to be good at, right? Mm-hmm. But what he's bad at is exactly what you don't want your players to be bad at. And I think I'm really intrigued by Griffin. I'm yeah. really intrigued by him yeah. because yeah, he's good. I was listening to Jonathan Charks and uh, Kyle Mann on their podcast, and they were talking mm-hmm. about how stacked Duke was this year and how they everyone, really yeah. everyone, like everyone besides Paolo had to take a step back. And, you know, I didn't watch much college basketball, but I did end up watching a lot of Duke. And AJ Griffin kind of disappeared, but I don't think it was his fault. Mm. I don't. And I think he could end up being a guy where you take him at 10 
and he ends up like way outperforming his draft expectations because right. yeah. he is so talented. And like they, they were saying, if he gets his steps back, like if he gets his quickness and athleticism back that he lost in, out of high school, he could end up being like the steal of the draft I just agree. in general. And I it's agree. rare to say about a lottery pick that they're the steal of the draft. But if you're one of the best players at like pick 11, pick 12, that's absolutely a steal. So I I personally would take Griffin if the Pacers got 100% again. 100%. I don't get, really think it's close. Yeah. Get Daniels, get Daniels or Mathurin. Uh, if Ivy falls there and it's a gift from God, uh, take him. Uh, because, you know, one of the things, I mean, Zach Griffith, Zach Griffith, a Pacer fan, has mentioned to me multiple times uh, that he wipes his ass with a Brogdon jersey. And the fact is, the fact is that he's, the fact is that I think a lot of people don't, are just moving off of him. They're just not interested in him. And so if you, I think if you can get another guard and you can get an AJ Griffith or you get another piece like that, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, Real quick, just to wrap the top 10, I'm curious, Portland, New Orleans, San Antonio, Bryce, what intrigues you? If if you're looking at what, what team eyes, what team are you looking at here? Seven, eight, nine, uh, who do you think is the most pressure on him between seven, eight, nine? Uh, just what, what are your what are your thoughts on on that on those three selections? I feel like everybody's talking about you know that top six and mostly that top five, but I feel like seven, eight, nine. Obviously, you can get some great players there, um, and and I think a lot of these teams could really use a great pick if they if they you know can hit it. Yeah, I think Portland's probably under the most pressure just because they don't have a ton of young pieces um, and they're under pressure. I, I know Dame says he's staying and I do believe him, but if you're going to push, if Dame is going to be pushed out the door, it's going to be because of this draft right here. And now, I mean, there are rumors that, or they just traded for Jeremy Grant today, um, which I think is a step in the right direction. And there's 100%. reports that they're trying to use the number seven pick uh, to acquire OG and Anubi from the the uh, Toronto Raptors. So if they do that, um, I think again, that's another step in the right direction as far as putting together a compete now. Notice I didn't say win now; I said compete now roster um, because of the unknown. Uh, things in the West um, and some things that we do know, but yet to be seen things in the West. Uh, so I think it's definitely Portland as far as what they do. I don't think Dame is interested in another young guard um, that needs time to develop and, and learn how to play in the NBA. I think they need somebody that, that can win right now. Real quick for New Orleans, though, uh-huh. I would 100% look into trading that pick. Uh, I think you have enough, like, I think you have enough young talent on that team to build off of. I think you get a veteran ding, 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 uh, Malcolm Brogdon, ladies and gentlemen, answer the bell here. If you don't mind, I think that would be great. And you know, Indiana is looking to get back in the lottery. I'm just saying, uh, I don't think that's a good fit, but I mean, it could be, but Hey, uh, you know, I, I think New Orleans should, uh, should, uh, trade out of that. Yeah. Fair, fair. Uh, Alex, uh, do you have any thoughts on like what team are you eyeing on seven, eight, nine? What do you think's got the most pressure to hit? I it's definitely Portland, like Bryce said. I mean, but wow. if okay. if they wow. trade that pick, then 
it's probably San Antonio. I was going to say, mean, I think San Antonio for me. Well, are they going to trade DeJounte Murray? That's a good question. They're, uh, they're not going to trade DeJounte Murray. Pop is going to ride this 10 seed thing into the ground until he <laughs> dies. Um, <laughs> I think that, listen, they've drafted shooting guards in the last four drafts. Not 2018. They drafted Lonnie Walker in 18. They drafted Devin Vassell in 20. And they drafted Josh Primo last year. All three of those guys are 6'5", two guards. And not coincidentally, Lonnie Walker has been voicing his displeasure on social media. As he should. Um, he, yeah. Put some respect on Lonnie's name. Well, he, I'm just saying he hasn't really gotten the shot. Yeah, that, like, no, uh, I agree. I agree. I agree 100%. He wasn't a lottery pick, but he was damn close to it. I think he was like, what, the 17th pick? So... He definitely is a guy. I think he's not going to be in San Antonio next year. I feel pretty comfortable saying that. But to New Orleans real quick, mm-hmm. if Keegan Murray falls to eight, there is absolutely no way the Pelicans should not snatch him up because mm-hmm. he is the exact guy. They need a six five shooting guard who can make threes. I actually think Keegan Murray's six eight. Yeah, so he's six eight. Yeah, he's guy. bigger. Yeah, so you get a big two guard who can make threes and defend. And I think that's exactly what they need. I don't think Brogdon would be bad there, but I just think if Marie's on the board at eight, you snatch him up. And I think that's probably the easiest oh, thing. Oh, no, no, this no, whole draft. no, no, just no, for no. New you're Orleans. supposed to say Brogdon. You're supposed to say Brogdon. <laughs> I'm, so you're supposed I'm to say, sorry. I, 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 oh, no, 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 no. Sh- don't fall into it. Don't fall into it. Honestly, I actually I, think the guy, the Pelicans, the Pacer, the Pelicans should be trying to get is Miles Turner. Like if they, I agree. I agree with like, that. I would do that for the eighth pick. That's bet, like, I would do that for the eighth pick because think about it, right? What do you need next to Miles Turner? You need someone who's going to block shots and defend the rim. And that's what Miles, Miles Turner is probably the, what he's a top three rim protector in the league. I, yeah, that's is. not up for dispute. Yeah. So I think that's the guy new Orleans should be gunning for. And I don't think they should like, it's really easy too. Cause I'm pretty sure him and Valanchunas have pretty similar salaries. Oh, yeah. So you get you do that trade. Oh, I love Valanchunas. Ex- exactly. Okay. Guys. Oh. I love Valanchunas. Oh. I, I think that's a slam dunk. Valanchunas is awesome. The the point is the Pelicans, Caleb, you you guys both know I'm really high on them yeah. going into next year because Ingram and McCollum were a dynamic duo. And if whatever Zion they get, <laughs> right. Goodness gracious. Um play a game, please. Yeah. He's cleared. <laughs> It, too bad he got cleared during the postseason, but oh, conveniently, he's conveniently, he's cleared. So conveniently, San Antonio. Joke. But back to the original question: face. San Antonio has a lot of, I think, a lot of pressure to hit, especially because they've been mired in mediocrity for so long now. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I, I am, I definitely think San Antonio, particularly in the front court, uh, just miss me on Pirtle, please. Uh, I, I just, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not a Pirtle guy. I've just never been. Uh, I just, I'm not, I, I'm just not Alex, Alex, you've been trying to get me on liking Pirtle. That's just not happening. Uh, I, I think San Antonio should honestly really consider getting a front court player. I'd really be curious to see Jalen Duran in San Antonio, to be quite honest with you. There's no way in hell the Spurs draft Jalen Duran. I, I would, I just want it to happen. Can I not want it to happen? I, I think, want it to happen. Um, you mean you don't from, like Eubanks? Oh my God. <laughs> the kid from Duke is more likely to get drafted by the Spurs <laughs> than. Uh, like Eubanks? The, oh my God. 
Come on. No, I'm done. Zach Collins. The Spurs centers. No, stop with Zach Zach Collins. Zach Collins is such a joke. How dare you disrespect a Gonzaga legend? I disrespect it all day. Look, the the fact is that this is (laughs) – the the fact is, you know, when I look at the San Antonio team, I think they're missing a front court piece. If they hit a front court piece, I think they're really looking strong. I also think San Antonio should be on the phone 24-7 until the draft. I, I think they could really, you know, I agree with you guys potentially moving off of Lonnie Walker makes some sense. Uh, I would consider, uh, you know, just kind of seeing what that market is for them, because I, I do think that, you know, they got too many players in, in certain spots and, and they get, they got to figure out how to address that. Um, any, any other teams that we did not mention that in that top, like in that top 15 uh, that, that comes to your mind of a team that needs to hit uh, because for me, I'll start it off. For me, it's it's uh, the freaking New York Knicks and their incompetent <laughs> franchise. Oh my they, god! They desperately, they desperately need to figure out their their roster. Uh, I also think that the New York Knicks uh, should have a, they should trade something. I think they should really be active. I feel like we should be hearing a lot of smoke on the Knicks uh, from their draft. I feel like, you know, the fact is they they made all these deals with all these honestly, just very mediocre or below average veterans. And they are all just sitting there. And, and for what, what purpose you, you, you really need to hit this pick or you need to do something to get your roster better. Alex, the, the, the New York Knicks at this point uh, from a just are incompetent beyond belief. And, and for me, I'm very curious to see what they do at 11. Now, other than that, I feel like Oklahoma city or whatever they'll do fine. Uh, I think Cleveland will be fine. I, I think Charlotte at 13, 15, I think they could honestly, if they nail those picks, they could have the best draft in the top 15. I just, I feel like the, the key for me is the Knicks at 11. I think we did kind of gloss over Detroit though. If AV, if Ivy falls to them at five, then you have That's two disgusting. blue chip, you have two blue chip backcourt players. Yeah. That's disgusting. And you have, Sadiq Bay, who's a legitimate three and D player already, who has who scored 50 points in a game. Now, was it the worst 50 point game of all time? Perhaps, but he did score 50. And I think that that's a team that deserves a lot of like, you should watch them and see what they do. And then I think you're right, Caleb, the Knicks, you know, they're not building around the right guy. They just aren't. They're, they <laughs> yeah, should be building around exactly RJ Barry. Right. It should be built. RJ Barrett is a future superstar. He honestly might already be one, but he's in New York. So he's never going to get the credit because he didn't, he's not Zion. So that's what that's I think. Exactly right. Yeah. Uh, Bryce, do you have any thoughts on any of these teams uh, around that, you know, 10 to 15 range uh, that I haven't been mentioned? Mm, no, I mean, yeah. I mean, the Knicks are, are the big one. Washington's another big one. I agree with it. Um, I mean, Cleveland has so much young talent. I, I, you know, they might want to look and trade for some vet guys. I think that would be good for them um, to build around, you know, Mobley and Allen and Garland and Sexton. Those guys are all young and those are all cornerstone pieces for their franchise. I think they really need like a solid vet. And I mean, this is Kevin. Lo- Kevin loves swan song, folks. OK, please get him off the bench. He's just taking up space on your bench. He's hurt all the time and you're paying him a lot of money, please. <laughs> Move off of Kevin Love for the love of God. <laughs> Kevin Love should have won Six Man of the Year last year. I'm just kidding. He should. Yeah, have, yeah. He was missing me man, on that. Please. Six Man was so weak that he was a viable contender, which showed how 
deep the six man class was this year. Yeah. But as far as the Knicks go, though, I mean, they. I wish Zach was I'm on so, talking about James Dolan. Well, uh, no, I'm, I'm going to do it for him. I'm going to be Zach Griffith's mouth, mouthpiece. We're, we're having the same dang summer that we always have with the New York Knicks. They're linked to everybody, every superstar that's disgruntled and their mother. Right. Donovan Mitchell, Kyrie Irving. I'm sure Kevin Durant's coming up soon. He'll be linked to him. You know, they're going to trade Randall. They're going to trade Cam Reddish, who's just wasting away on their bench because Tibbs refused to play him because he's a clown. Uh, you know, they're they're writing they're writing a Derek Rose's broken knees. I mean, and yeah, I, I don't I don't know what they're doing. Like Alex said, they're not building around Barrett, who they absolutely should be doing. You might as well just trade him. Obi Toppin, miss me on Toppin. Miss oh, me on Toppin, hardcore. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, miss me on Toppin. Oh, you're. Oh, I was with you until you said that. Oh, come no, on. That's fine. That's fine. Oh. You can miss me on him. Okay. I like him. I like him a lot. But you so, know. New York, figure out your stuff, please. That's the Tibbs not being fired this summer is gross incompetence on the on behalf of the New York Knicks because you at least I understand miss me on Obi Toppin, Bryce, but at least give Obi Toppin a chance to prove that you should miss it. Miss That's you on fair. him. That's like, I think Obi Toppin deserves that chance. And he hasn't gotten that chance. Emmanuel quickly is the darling of Tom Thibodeau, which I um, don't understand at all. Can't, can't wait for him to play 40 minutes but, and then tears ACL. I, I just don't understand. Like I like quickly, but he's not, I, I don't understand why he's the one young guy that Tibbs has ever liked. It's, you know, I followed his whole coaching career sure. because I've been a, I was a bull fan. Yeah. And like when he was the coach, I just don't understand why he's the one young guy that Tibbs is like enamored with. I, I just, it's mind boggling. I, I don't understand the direction that they're choosing to go in. I, and I choose not to like it. I choose. I choose. And that leads us to some, some, just some trade action, some, some stuff we just want to discuss, see how it is. We'll start with the deal that actually we know happened, uh, which was Jeremy Grant, who was always rumored in trade talks for what feels like ever since he signed the contract with Detroit. Yeah. yeah. Um, he just went to the Portland Trailblazers today uh, for the 2025 uh, first round draft pick. Uh, there's a swap in seconds where the Pistons now have the 36th, the players at the 46th. Uh, the Pistons will receive a 2025 second, a 2026 second, and uh, Detroit will receive a $21 million trade exception as part of this deal. Um, Bryce, I think the Jeremy Grant, honestly, Blazers got him free. Uh, I, I think I think this was a really, really nice piece for a team that's trying to make Damon Alert happy. And correct me if I'm wrong, you guys. I could be off base on this, but I feel like there was something at the Olympics or something around a couple years ago talking about how Damian Lillard and Jimmy Grant have a decent relationship. I don't know why I keep thinking that, but I feel like it, this was, a, this is a good pairing. Like I just see this pairing so much. Like I, I, I feel like it'll work out really well. Like Jeremy Grant will still be a focal part to their offense. That was one reason he wanted to sign in Detroit. I think I really like this for just everybody involved. It just, it just needed to happen. Yeah, I totally agree. And you're right. Um, they did have a good relationship on Team USA. Um, and they did share an interest in playing together. Uh, they they played together once or, you know, uh, before. I think it was just with Team USA. But mm. I think, like I said, I think this is a step in the right direction. I mean, the, after they traded CJ McCollum, it's almost like they kind of just threw in the towel. 
um, as far as the tank goes. And and they accomplished that. It it only resulted in pick number seven. So where do you go from there? Um, You got some assets. You got guys like Simons, um, who I, I think that they like and they wanted to keep. But you have assets to get better immediately. Um, and, and this one only cost him a first round pick, which honestly, you know, the, the history of, of the, uh, the Blazers have been, they've been pretty competitive. So this is probably nothing to them. Honestly, they, they might drop a role player that year, you know, because of how solid they are year to year. So I like it. I like Jeremy Grant. He, he signed his big contract. It's his time to shine. Now. I don't think Detroit was the right place. He went to a dumpster fire franchise. Alex. When you the other thing that's interesting is that the pick they traded was a pick of Milwaukee's, which you would have to think for the next three or four years, they're going to be in around the championship race, which means that the first round pick was really low. Do you is Jeremy Grant? I feel like you could have gotten more for Jeremy Grant than just a really low first round draft pick. Am I am I off base by that? Did it shock you that that's all that I mean, I understand the swaps and seconds play. You know, the main part was the first round pick. Were you shocked that that is what Detroit was able to get for Jeremy? I am, but also you have to remember too. The thing about Portland is that they don't have, they can't trade their own first until they convey the pick to the Bulls. Because in that, do you, I'm sure you guys remember this trade that um, the one where Larry Nance went to Portland, the one where Lowry Markkinen went to Cleveland, and Derek yep. Jones uh. went to <laughs> Chicago. Well, in that trade. The Blazers traded all their future firsts. Like it's basically top eight protected until 2028, which means they don't, they can't trade their own first round pick until that pick conveys. So this is pretty much all they had to trade, which begs the question, why did Detroit settle for this? My guess is that there wasn't much of a Jeremy Grant market. They were kind of bidding against themselves and that they listen. I mean, Jeremy Grant is fine. Right. I, there's a lot of, like, I'd rather have Harrison Barnes than him. I'd rather have John Collins than him. I'd rather, there's a lot of guys I'd rather have than Jeremy Grant. I, he was really good to start the bubble, like the, the post bubble season, right? He was really good. He had a big game in the conference finals, I believe against Los Angeles. Right. Uh Since after like the first 25 games of 2021, he was pretty mediocre in Detroit and he got a lot of shots, but he didn't even really adapt all that well playing next to Cade and Cade is a guy that can play with everybody. So I like Jeremy Grant. I think his contract and his shot attempt status <laughs> vault or vaulted him into another stat stratosphere than what he's actually in. If that makes sense. No. I think he's a really good player. I'm not surprised. He only went for this bucks first round pick, which you're right. As long as they have Giannis, they're going. That pick is going to be in the twenties and probably past twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we. I think that's an interesting team. Obviously, um, you know they they're looking at trading that seventh pick. We talked about that before. Um, I, Alex, I I am. I, I, I we talked about it a little bit. We gave it a little bit. Bryce talked about it. How much that he wants that trade wants this particular trade to happen. But, you know, we're an Indianapolis based podcast, but like we have to somewhat talk about this again. I mean, if you're the Pacers, all the reports are suggesting that Brogdon is just, it's, it's all, it's over. They're moving on. It's over. I mean, if you're the Pacers, I mean, 
if you're going to trade him, you trade him to get a draft pick, right? You're not really trying to trade him to get a young, a young, like promising player. I, I would trade him to get a draft pick. Am, am I off base? In no, no, you're not. I think this is the thing with Brogdon, right? He's really good, but he's not as good as he thinks he is, which, you know, you like the guy to be confident. Sure. Brogdon, I think, totally fancies himself agree. in that, like, and I say this as a guy who likes Brogdon's game. Brogdon, I think, fancies himself in that, like, Kyle Lowry kind of tier, right? And Kyle Lowry might be a bad example, but before this year, uh, Kyle Lowry and him, I, I would say they were pretty mm-hmm. close to being peers. And I would mm-hmm. say I would definitely 10 times out of 10 take Kyle Lowry, Mike Conley. Now, all yeah. both of those guys, um, <laughs> I'd rather have Brogdon right. than both of them. Yeah. But that's just because both of them appear to be falling off the cliff at their, you know, ripe old ages. So Brogdon just is an interesting guy. I, you have to try to get a draft pick for him. The question is who's going to pony up that pick? Like, yeah. Is it going to be the Knicks? Is it going to be the Wizards? Please let it be the Knicks. It's. I think the Knicks honestly make a lot of sense. You know, I brought it up earlier. I think the Wizards are the most slept on dysfunctional franchise in the league. The who? Nobody... The, the most slept on the wizard. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Ever like, since the John wall bungling John wall, they're going to give, Bradley they don't Beal. deserve, they don't deserve Bradley. No, I don't know. We don't know what's going on with Brad Beal. I don't think that's a done deal. If they give him 250 million though, Bryce, I'm like, I, you know, I'm a huge Bradley Beal fan. Yeah. That is a mistake. That's not a guy you tie your franchise to. Like mm. he's not a guy. They were mediocre when he was their best player. Like they kept getting one of the six worst records in the NBA. Both years he was their best player. They fell in the draft. Like they were victims. You know, I think the Pelicans rose, Pelicans and Grizzlies rose in 2019. And then the Bulls and the Hornets jumped them in 2000, 2020. Mm-hmm. So both years they were mediocre. They trade for Westbrook. Westbrook is such a force of nature that he dragged them to the playoffs. <laughs> And yeah. like, say what you will about Westbrook in 2022, but in 2021, Westbrook led the Wizards to the playoffs. Like, and it yeah. wasn't Bradley yeah. Beal. I just, I'm not giving Bradley Beal $215 million. I'm not trading for Malcolm Brogdon. I'm trying to get Wemby if I'm them. Like, mm. that's the team. They need a superstar. <laughs> John Wall's been their like closest player to a superstar since Chris Webber, probably. Yeah. And he, I don't, I would never say he was a superstar. He's close, but I wouldn't say he was one. So this is a team that needs to be tanking and they're going to trade for a veteran. and It's going to piss me off. So the other aspect to this entire offseason that I feel like kind of controls the star perspective is what exactly is going down in Brooklyn, Bryce. Kyrie Irving <laughs> and Kevin Durant. Let's start with Kyrie's perspective. <laughs> Kyrie. It doesn't seem like Brooklyn and, and him are eye to eye, which, you know, I feel like you can say that about uh, everything with Kyrie at this point. Uh, it just doesn't seem like they're, everybody's really understanding what he's doing and what they're thinking, um, which is leading him to potentially looking into another destination, either for free agency or possibly through trade. Uh, uh, Bryce, what do you what are you thinking? What do you think will happen uh, are you, would you break away this pairing? Uh, would you just start from scratch and just realize that, you know, it just didn't work. It just, this three didn't work. Katie and Kyrie just didn't work. We just got to move off. 
what would you do right now with all of what's going on? <sighs> There's got to be something that we don't know for this for this to not work, right? There's got to be something that we don't know. I don't know what that is. Uh, but there's got to be something bigger going on, right? Um, I'm sure it will reveal itself after uh, over time. Has maybe to, maybe to. it works itself out, and Kyrie does stay in Brooklyn. Um, I don't know. I I don't know. But I, it is interesting. It's very interesting to think about. Um, I know Kyrie has been linked to the Lakers. So Caleb, I, I'm curious. Just real quick, yeah. What do you think the odds are that he goes to the Lakers? <laughs> I would say they would be my leading contender if he would leave. I think he'd be my, I think that's my leading. I think, I think they're my leading contender. I think that to me, that's, that's who I, I cause I just don't know if anybody's going to commit, you know, the Knicks are obviously looking at the, you know, there's been rumors at the Clippers, but I just, I think Kyrie is, you know, for me, it's gotta be a right situation. I think LeBron would say, all right, let's just take the chance. Let's just do it. You know? So I, I if I was, if I was, I think Kyrie's number one destination would probably be the Lakers. Yeah. Well then I think Katie is as good as gone. As good as gone. Mm. I don't know where that is. I, Phillies come up a lot. Um, I've I've heard you've mentioned Clippers. Uh, Clippers. I've heard them Clippers. come up as well. Yeah. Which I don't know how the Clippers make that any either one of them work because I don't know their assets. I don't know if they have the assets. But they definitely don't have any draft picks. Oh, those are gone. Thanks to Paul George. Are you considering what like that? Does a Denver intrigue you? I, I've talked to Axe about Denver. Do you think Denver would intrigue you for Durant? Ooh, I don't, I don't think, I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe, maybe. Um, tell you where he should go. I'm being, I'm being dead serious. I'm being dead okay. serious. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Just stay with me here for a minute. Yeah, go ahead. I think it'd be really interesting if if you know Indiana might be something. You play with you play with a guy like Halliburton. You got the rim protection. You got the rim protection. You keep Turner. I look, man. I you're telling me that would be bad. You're it would be bad for Katie. It would be bad for Katie. I mean, this is this is we got a this is a dream. We got a dream. What what more does he? He's, what more do you want? He's a bit. He's he's tried to tell this future. He's like, if I report it on, report it on a pod, there's a chance that, that Kevin Durant's coming to my team. He's going he's gonna to come to my we can team. get after Giannis. We can get after those boys in Boston. Kevin, Kevin would move into a uh, Brooklyn. Uh, come on, Brooklyn, man. Indy. He, he, would, he, would, he would do it according to Bryce. Uh, but, but Alex, in all seriousness, I, what, how do you handle this situation? I mean, where does your mind go? Do you think Kyrie's out? Do you think uh, that they're just going to start from scratch? Uh, do you think that it'll, it'll just be one of those things where it all just gets fixed and we won't know it? I mean, wh wh what do you think when you're seeing all this right now? So you guys were bringing up the the Lakers for Kyrie. I I just, unless Kyrie is getting $30 million from Nike or something, and I think Nike even terminated their contract. So I think they Kyrie might, might be a sneaker free agent. 
So unless Nike is giving him $30 million, there's absolutely no way in hell he is going to play for the Lakers for $6 million. I'm sorry. Even, you know, with the shenanigans last year, Kyrie Irving is worth more than $6 million. Like he is immediately the best value contract of all time. If he signs for the taxpayer mid level, like what kind of lunacy are we talking about here? There is absolutely no way I, he should take the player option. I, I just don't know why hmm. he needs the, the extension. 23 teams are going to have a lot more cash space than they do this year. He'll have a lot more leverage then. Just take the player option, play your ass off this year, and, you know, the cards will fall where they may. Hmm. I, I just don't think it's wise business to turn down $30 million. $30 million is... <laughs> It is a lot of money. It's it's a lot of money. Like even for a guy like Kyrie, who's had multiple massive contracts, it's still a lot of money. Like, and I just, (laughs) you can't see him taking that much. The only way, only way I see him moving is if they trade him to the Clippers, right? Because the Clippers, you get Terrence Mann back, you get Norm Powell back, and you get Robert Covington back, right? You have the semblance, you have the bare bones of a team around Simmons and Katie. That's the only way I see him being moved, Kyrie. And then you're like, Kevin, we have a team here that might be able to do something. You try to talk Katie into it. Uh, this is something I was talking about with Caleb Bryce. I'll be curious for your thoughts on this. So when discussing Katie trades, right? <laughs> we know Katie should be moved for the top prospects available, Right. Mm. So, so remember, Caleb knows exactly where I'm going with this. Remember yeah. in 2019 free agency when Kawhi went to the Clippers and mm. the Clippers had this massive bargaining chip, Shea Gelgis Alexander. They yeah. traded him and all their future firsts to oh. Oklahoma City, right? <laughs> yeah, this is this will be good. This is, this is what I proposed to Caleb, right? This, the this only got there's only one situation in the league where the Shea Gelgis Alexander quality team argument what happened that's the raptors you trade scotty oh. barnes and all your future firsts for katie oh dear god they're and making another run of the title is that it, what you're saying i'm that's what i i'm not saying this will happen because i think if the if they're trying to trade og they probably think scotty barnes is going My to be god. yeah dear god like, it that's the only scenario though where i think the nets could even argue they get equal value for katie yeah like Scotty Barnes, and he's think about it, right? The Wolves aren't trading Ant Edwards. No, there's absolutely no way in hell. The Hornets aren't trading Lamelo Ball. I think that would be that's the only like even semi realistic one. I don't even think that's has like a five I like agree. a 0.5% chance of happening. No, so I that's just like the idea of what I like the Nets could get back in equal value for KD. That also would make the team KD joins a contender. Because, like, if you think about it, right, Siakam looked really good. Um, Fred Van Vliet looked really good I this year. I just think <laughs> the Raptors are kind of doomed to that, you know, fifth seed out in the first round, like, kind of sentence right now. And I don't think, unless Scotty Barnes becomes, like, Kevin Durant, and I'm not saying he will, I don't think they have really a path forward in that. So no. I, that was just a thought. I The thought experiment I did with Caleb earlier this week. And mm-hmm. I was like, I thought you would be interested in it because it's like, it's probably the only viable way it's intriguing. to traded. And Masai Ujiri establishes himself as, you know, goat GM. 
the ballsiest GM ever. <laughs> Way better than Daryl Morey. You know I had to do it, folks. You know I had to do it. Well, I mean, because here's here's the thing, right? I mean, I just I cannot imagine if Kyrie leaves that Durant would stay. I just can't. I and think we all agree with that. Then, and like you said, Alex, I mean, it is hard to find equal value, and I just don't think Brooklyn's going to really want to settle. Um, and and that's to me, that's where it's all going to happen. And I think once we figure out the situation in Brooklyn, the offseason will get a little bit, a little bit more easier to understand. Uh, because I just think these two guys are are so good at what they do. And and for crying out loud, we're talking about a top five player in the NBA. Uh, what now? Anytime that happens. You know, that's going to shift some things. It's going to flip, you know, some flip, flip the deal. It's going to change the way we view the league, uh, all this other jazz. So I'm excited to see where all of this goes. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to what this offseason has for us. Uh, we will have, uh, you know, we'll have a lot of content coming for you uh, in regards to the draft, how that all reacts and all the moves that will happen there. We'll have plenty of that for you. Uh, on the network in general. So please don't be afraid to keep an eye on that. But, you know, enjoy this preview pod. I hope you uh, enjoy this. We'll, we'll put it out probably Thursday, if I had to guess. Uh, we'll, we'll have it all ready for you to go to have and listen. You maybe just before the draft or even while watching the draft, you just don't want to have sound. You just want to hear what we have to say. Uh, you know, whatever that is, uh, please, uh, you know, we'll appreciate it. Uh, Alex, thank you for, for for joining us, man. And, and yes, gracias. Thank you, guys. It was and, a blast. Yeah, and I loved it. And then uh, next week, uh, I'm really excited, uh, Bryce, because I- I'm thinking we got to make a small market segment for Devin. Oh, Ball. hell yeah. Uh, small market, small market oh, king, baby. The I mean, small if we, market don't make king it, we, we have to get reactions from all small market NBA teams and ha- in their draft from Devin. I feel like if we don't, it's an embarrassment to the pod. Al- Alex, go ahead. Oh, before we close, I do want to say, um, we closed on the Kyrie thing. He is, his deadline to opt out is June 29th. That's so a week up. from when okay. we're recording this is when oh, hey. he, he has to decide on his player option. So oh, I, I was curious about it because the way you closed that segment, I was like, this could, you're right. It could be massive. So I, I wanted to see, I just wanted to provide the listeners with some context. Yeah, That's I, fair. Absolutely. I, I, it's very fair. That's why you're a founder of the network. Of course. Uh, and that, it, it's, that and that reason alone. That that reason alone. You're just great with the context. Uh, but, you know, fellas, it was great to, to have you on. We're, we're trying to get old, uh, Bryce, we're trying to get old Zach Griffith odd, but he continues to be a diva like he like he's Kawhi. Sater tries to request trades for us. Typical. So to get on the pod. He's requesting uh, a trade to the ringer. What, he's been he's been requesting to only be Circle City Cinema. He's 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 been he's been too cool for 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 our podcast lately. I know. I'm, get, I'm a team player. I just mean, saying. Well, well, no, you no, you've been a, you, you're basically like James Harden. You're sitting there looking at the okay. other side. Okay. You're sitting there looking at the other side like a strip club. All right. Well, okay. anyway, he basically we'll, just insulted his mother. Caleb, how dare no, you? No, no, shut up. Shut mm-hmm. up. All right, we got to close. We'll close the five. All right, it was great. And uh, I hope you have fun.